Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation and you take it from there. Today we pick back up on the conversation on deconstruction. Um, so something that um, I want to discuss today is focusing on, well, first, is deconstruction and reconstruction a good thing? And I, I thought about it some, too. I've also ho- heard this um, defined, I guess, as order, disorder, and reorder. Uh, so it's another term uh, that people use. And um, the, the deconstruction idea, some of it, if you look back, came from 1960s philosophy of deconstructing old traditions and things like that. And I think it's made its way into, um, I, I guess, the definition. I'm sure it's always been a part of, you know, uh, religion, faith, but I'm sure it's now something that has been defined, which has given you know, popularity to popularity to it in the past five years or so. So um, the first thing is is in the way of defining things as deconstruction and reconstruction, and then doing those things. Is this is it a good thing? Do we want to be disrupted? <laughs> Do we want to deconstruct, deconstruct, and then reconstruct? Tom, what are your thoughts? Well, faith is a living thing. We think of the faith, but as we've said in this podcast before, faith is a verb. It's a journey. And so I think that it's inevitable. I think that if you don't open yourself up, then you're not really walking the walk of faith because you're always going to have these shifting sands under your feet. God doesn't change. But because God is beyond our comprehension, we're always going to be reaching. Mm. And so um, our view is going to be challenged constantly as we try to grow. So I, I don't think it's possible to avoid it. I think it's inevitable. Hmm. Yeah. Everett? Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I... Nobody is in the same place of their faith as they were, say, uh, a year ago, five years ago, you know. Um, so I just, I, I don't see how you avoid it. Can you go backwards? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking about that as like, I don't have a good example, and I'll probably <laughs> end up making fun of someone, and I don't want to do that necessarily. But, I mean, if you if you have a faith you know uh, there's no, nothing I, mean, I can say it's not biased I, I, so <laughs> right i mean i i i I'll, I'll kind of provide a little bit of an example there's a, a guy who kind of grew up in a, a really kind of strict um sort of christian denomination um he found the episcopal church and his his fallback was always to fall back into that real strict mm-hmm. right. literalist Legalism. approach yeah and and he would get like he would fall back and then go and then he would say oh well that's why you know there's a reason I left that um, but but I think in a sense that was a helpful fallback because 
in the times in which he would get frustrated with the Episcopal Church, like he would also remember what it was like to live in this really strict, right. you know, rule-based approach to religion, which was not life-giving for him. And so, in that sense, it it was a fallback, which allowed him to go forward. If that makes sense, right? I have this um, thought. I guess that um, all three of us are raising crazy, cradle Episcopalians, mm-hmm. right? And um, and so, um, which is an interesting topic that came up in a youth conversation yesterday um, with uh, Brian Beard's daughter about being a cradle Episcopalian. And so, the culture around us here, I guess, is so strong in Oklahoma to uh, eh, fundamentally evangelical type that I don't think this would happen, but if they visited a different church that upheld, let's say, legalism, and there was some kind of conversion into, well, this is what it's really supposed to be like, <laughs> you know, that's that's something I've thought about, because, to, I mean, teens tend to, teens, young adults-ish, tend to rebel against something, and this is what something Roar said is like, uh, an interesting place we're in is typically there was a place of fundamentalism, legalism, and you could rebel against it and it, you go and deconstruct and learn and grow. But when that wall of, of fundamentalism, legalism isn't there, they're going to rebel against something. There's always that nature to do that at a certain age. Not for everyone, obviously, but something's there. So I've always thought, huh, I wonder what is going to be there for this, you know, next generation who are not to say, you know, we're all deconstructed and everything like that. But that I'd hope, hopefully you get my point. (laughs) What are they going to rebel against? (laughs) They're going to rebel by becoming fundamentalist. (laughs) That's what I mean. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right. This is too loosey-goosey, you guys. This whole mystery and this Jesus hippie stuff. (laughs) And that's my point. You can't put... You can't put a box around it. Because... Or it's dead. Right. Faith is dead, so... And that's the thing, too, is that... um, And and I noticed... noticed, Excuse me. I noted this, and I I didn't know if I was going to bring it up, but... Something else, too, is an individual, they're not, there's not a ticker where they're at on this trail journey, right? There's not a, oh, I'm in deconstruction phase, and oh, and I'm in reconstruction phase, because my thoughts on X, you know, uh, Virgin Birth was brought up last episode, could still be in construction phase, and I don't even know how to put it there. I don't even know that that means, I mean, it's kind of a, you know, a, a, a a map we're on that we don't even know how to put stuff around it and where we're at. But in something else, you could be in a reconstruction phase. So it's more of a, like a, we're at different levels with different things, not as an individual, we move down this scale. Now, if someone's defined that I've never heard it, but um, just another thought to throw out there too. It's not because, you know, not because, you know, you two are priests means you are completely and utterly reconstructed or, <laughs> right? Well, and and I know in the Episcopal tradition, uh, the book by James Fowler, Stages of Faith, which... Yes. You know, uh, I, it's it's one of the issues I really have with, with the text is is that it sort of sees faith as sort of this this progress okay so i'm in stage one and i need to have to get to stage two and then i can get to stage three 
and 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 so it it has a very linear approach to faith, which I don't find to be true or helpful. And and I would rather him talk about lenses of faith rather than stages of faith. Um, and and so that's why I have never really loved Fowler, and and I think that makes me a, a heretic in the in Episcopal circles. Um, my own experience is is that faith is not, you know, it's 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 not linear. Um, in fact, it's it's very not linear. Whatever. What's the opposite of linear? Tom. Circular. Yeah, faith is very circular. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Sure. My cyclical. Anyway, circular. Cyclical. 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 Thank you. Right. Actually, I just pulled that graph out, (laughs) Everett. When you said that, I was like, huh, I wonder if that's the graph I have. And there's these six stages, and it has, it's kind of comedic because there is a description of stage one, two, three, four, five, six, and and a name, and a description that's probably 25 words. It's like, yeah, I'm sure that sums it up. (laughs) Um, So if you want to look up James Fowler's stages of faith, that's what uh, Everett's referring to. I'll try and remember to put it in the notes if I'm not too lazy. So, but um, yeah, that, that's a great point of just trying to put ourselves in a state. I also I forgot if I led to this already, but it can also put us in a place of superiority. If we go out and we look at people, which I have many times in my journey of, you know, you learn something, now you're the expert. Maybe you learn something and now you're the expert. And I feel like it's just human to sit down and go, oh, allow me to teach you this because I know this now, you know. And in reality, the humility <laughs> is, is more of a reconstructing emotion, if you will, of realizing, wait a second, I can learn from anyone. We're all at differing, differing stages, levels, whatever you want to call it. And so walking in humility, I think, is extremely important when we're talking about deconstruction and reconstruction. Um, okay. Which, which Go ahead. Yeah. What, the, the, the phrase that I hear Episcopalians say the most that wants me, causes me to pull my hair out is, well, we don't have to check our brains at the door. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. <laughs> I absolutely hate it when Episcopalians say that because it is the most elitist, snobbish um, thing. And I, I mean, like, I, I understand what's behind it. Like, I, I, I get, I, you know, I, I get it. But it's, but it, but it's. I mean, the the people that they're directing that to, it's not that they're idiots, right? Did we did we talk about that in the Episcopal fundamentalism like episode? episode? We we did. Okay, I and forgot. <laughs> I think I think that's kind of. There might be people listening who are, who've grown up in one church and that way is comfortable for them. Maybe that this is sure. They just want to find the, most people when they go to church. They just want to find the answers. Right. And one of one of the answers is that faith is hard. Hmm. Um, you're going to grow and be stretched. And so some of them are listening and wondering, is it okay to walk away from this uh, place I've been at my whole life? And, you know, only you can decide that. It might be the Episcopal Church you're walking away from. Right. But, um, but I do think you can't stop growth. You have to, the, I tried to put, put off my questions for 
you know, a decade, half a decade. Mm-hmm. And when you put them off, they just grow and get stronger and stronger and stronger. So you have you have to, uh, um, if you don't an- try to answer those questions that you have, it just because faith becomes static. You know, mm-hmm. I, sorry, I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, that was it. Yeah, faith becomes static. Um, and that's so hardening um, comes to mind. I'm, I'm writing VBS right now, and we're doing the Exodus. <laughs> and, and the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. And um, static or stagnant, to me, can easily be look like the hardening of a heart to not grow beyond that. And so from what I've found, which is a, a conversation we dipped a toe in, previously was I can find that I will study and write and prepare and do so many things for the job portion of my bro, whatever ministry that I can become stagnant and not grow. Even though I'm learning so much, I'm not reflecting on the world and people and how my interactions go with them. I'm focused on the teaching part and it's almost like my heart is hardening and becoming, I'm becoming so stagnant in what I do that I have to sit back and, and I've kind of caught myself in this recently. We talked about this, as I said, in a couple of episodes ago, and I have to consciously pull myself out of it and say, well, well, I need to spend time reflecting and prayer and things like that, because otherwise I will just hunker down and I will harden up and I'm stuck in where I'm at and I won't move <laughs> even when I'm teaching and studying and all these things, it's crazy. So I'm thinking of, uh, the apostle Paul in Philippians three. Um, and he said, and this reminds me of what you're saying, Justin, because you're kind of, you're a minister and you're doing this work to prepare for these classes. But Paul said, uh, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of it or apprehended, depending on the translation, but I press on towards the goal, high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So so Paul was an apostle. He wrote half the New Testament. (laughs) And he he says in Philippians 3, I don't understand this. You know, (laughs) I haven't figured it out. I'm pressing on. So if Paul is that way, you know, and and I, I can't imagine how many times... Um, I think about like ministry support groups, mm. man, I, I never take time to pray. And Paul, I can imagine Paul. Oh man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm making tents out there. Yeah. We did an event yesterday at youth group and, um, we sit around a table and, and just bat questions around that the, the youth bring up and I left stumped. I left in just, I could not, I was like, I don't have an answer for this. There's no answers. I'm going to have to sit with this. And, you know, the mystery got me. <laughs> so it's crazy, crazy. So I'll grow from that. I, will. I hope you made a list of those questions for podcast topics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember. Them Can all. I, uh, I want to bring up something about no. deconstruction. And I don't know if Justin, this is on your list or, or not. It's okay. You can't go against the list, Everett. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but one of the, so 
you know, I think particularly within the evangelical tradition, and I would even say within the, I mean, I think I think that there's a deconstruction that's going on in the Episcopal Church as I look out. You know, um, the so. the Episcopal Church as it faced sort of a fundamentalist approach to faith, um, folks like Marcus Borg and John Shelby Spong offered an alternative view to faith, which questioned the um, orthodoxy of fundamentalism. And I think they did a really good job in, in questioning that. My own personal opinion is, is that the answer they provide is no better than what the fundamentalists, right? Mm -hmm. so, so there's people who have now written in response to Spong and Borg who aren't fundamentalists, but are offering a positive approach to faith, belief, and tradition that is not fundamentalist. So sort of the second wave folks in the Episcopal tradition. And, and, um, but, but also within the evangelical tradition, I've really seen a lot of deconstruction going on. And, you know, one of the early, uh, you know, Rob Bell and Shane Claiborne and, um, uh, uh, uh Jim Wallace, hmm. uh, some of those, some of those guys who really challenged, what does it really mean to be evangelical? And I, I feel like, and I, I promise I'm going to get to a point. I feel like that there is a subsection within that deconstruction where it just becomes an industry. And, and oh, man, there's a lot of people who are wrestling with their faith. So all I'm going to do is go around and talk about deconstruction. All I'm going to do is go around deconstructing people's faith. And, and if you're in that place of questioning, it's comforting to know, oh, so all these things that I have wondered about, other people have wondered about this too. I'm not alone. So in one sense, it's positive. But in another sense is, is that, like, as I listen to Rob Bell today, like, Rob Bell, he doesn't, he doesn't offer anything except for don't be a nihilist. And it's like, you know, there's got to be more than more to faith than that. And, and I, and I, and I, I would love to see those people who are really doing a great job of deconstructing people's faith to also offer a 2.0, which is, you know, these things that we believe about Jesus are important. There is a... Um, Here ends the rant. That's the, that's the reconstruction. Right. Right. So there's something to be said to calling something out. You know, there is a... Um, <clears throat> There is that you just question everything, right? And you just become the person who questions everything, but never offers the way forward. Um, and uh, that that that's not helpful um, because if there is just you know if you just go around and every statement you know made you question it. Well, of course it can be, but what do we what do you think about it and how do we move forward? I think there's a I think there's a career in just being the, you know, obvious questioner, not obvious, but sorry, uh, but the questioner who never comes to faith or jumps in the water and it never moves forward beyond that. You have to jump in and, 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 ah, gosh, hang in the mystery. Gosh, I don't even know. I don't even have a word, but there's so much mystery that you just have to accept it and kind of live in that and um, grow from that, I think. So, but yeah, that's a good point, Everett. Tom, do you want to add to that? Well, I feel like Everett's just saying we need to 
provide for the reconstruction when you're when some of these guys their livelihood depends on writing books so they're and really that's the academic world you're always trying to make you know a paper or whatever so you have to some of the things they say you have to take with a grain of salt knowing that they're trying to say they're desperate to say the next new thing mm -hmm. so you have to um I think we have to also constantly reevaluate, you know, what's the thing that's holding us together? What's the basic um, foundational? There has to be the reconstruction, too. There can't always be the deconstruction, I yep. guess. Yeah. So, which I've already said about 10 times. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, the the what is the goal of deconstruction? I think we're kind of there talking about it a little bit. Um, I think it's just to move forward within, within faith, you know, within religion is to move forward past, um, old traditions. I don't like that necessarily. That was something I read moving past old traditions. I don't know that I really like that, uh, terminology. Uh, but I get it. I kind of understand it. So skipping down a little bit, um, what does, what does reconstruction look like to you? I'll let anybody jump in. Um, I think for me, reconstruction, um, is like a rebuilding and, um, you, you come to a deeper awareness and a deeper meaning of something that you struggled with the, you know, in the mystical tradition, you know, they, they talked about these, these places of deep darkness were some of the places in which you were doing your deepest spiritual work. And in some ways that's what deconstruction is. Reconstruction is that movement out of it into this sense of, of, of joy. Ruth Burroughs um, talks about this in, in her contemplative prayer book, mm. Um, and, but, but she says, you know, the thing is, is that you get to the place of joy and you be there for a while and then you're going to have to go and do the hard work again. I was thinking that, uh, but, yeah. But, but reconstruction for me, I mean, it's like, um, you know, I, I, I'll give an example. I, since we're in the Easter season, as we're recording this, I mean, I just always took the resurrection of Jesus as, um, something that, I mean, well, we, we believe it, we say it, you know, so I never really questioned it. And, you know, but I, but I began to be pushed, well, why does it matter if Jesus raised from the dead or not? Mm. And, and I went through a period of, I just can't simply say, well, because we believed it. And I had to be able to understand it for myself. And I came to a much deeper place of awareness and appreciation for the resurrection of Jesus, not just as something that's in a line of a statement of faith, but something that, um, you know, uh, changes the way that I see the world. Hmm. That's good. I like what you said, too, about um, the reconstruction is something that can continually happen. Um, you mentioned resurrection. You can get to a place of deconstruction and reconstruction in that, and then you could go through that again for this exact same thing like resurrection. <laughs> so um, that's something else because <clears throat> I don't want anyone, including myself, to think that, oh, once I hit this point, I'm done. 
<laughs> us uh, uh, people who like to check things off the schedule. <laughs> you know, you can get to a certain point and be like, ding, done, thank you. <laughs> Tom, any thoughts on what reconstruction looks like? And it's not like you're... I'm deconstructing, and now I'm reconstructing. <laughs> you can't say it. I mean, as you're deconstructing one thing, you might be rebuilding something yes, else exactly. or vice versa. As you're rebuilding um, some kind of understanding of the of sacrament or incarnation, it might destroy all your understandings of other things. Right. So it's, it's hard to separate they're both really part of the same thing, which I would say is just faith. But um, that's what I would say. It's a they're tied together, right? The sad thing, though, is is when you're raised with a perspective that doesn't allow that. So, if you're a fundamentalist of any stripe, you're you're looking for truth, and that you have this list. And you've had that beat into your head so much that when that is gone, there is no truth. Mm-hmm. Or this whole thing is crap, you there's know? A, so, stuck in the deconstruction phase. Right. There's nothing else. Right. And we've hurt, we've taught the wrong view of faith if that's where people end up. Or we've we've hurt, because even Paul said, you know, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of this. So... It can't be a static thing that never can change. I think that for whether it be fundamental or the progressive Christian along the path, there is a place to get stuck and never enter into reconstruction because this is what it's all about. And and, um, I think that is something too, kind of like I said, my hardening of heart earlier and not growing that you yourself or others around you um, have to recognize, it's like, wait a second, I'm stuck. You know, I'm not moving, and this is not good. Um, in Orthodox Heretic, um, nope, hold on. What is it? Uh, what's uh, McLaren's? I got to turn around my bookshelf. What was it? <coughs> what's McLaren's book? Orthodox what? Generous orthodoxy. Generous orthodoxy. Thank you. I can't see my bookshelf. Um, he said that we must always be reforming. And I, and I take that to be that we must always be moving forward, deconstructing, reconstructing, deconstructing, reconstructing, because once you get stuck, <clears throat> you're just, <laughs> unfortunately, you're just a people group. You're just a liberal Christian or a progressive Christian or a fundamental Christian or whatever it is, you get stuck along the way as opposed to, um, follower of Jesus, you know, if, if I can u- use that term um, to mean that. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. And so, um, where? Okay, let's let's wrap this up with questions about what are some things that you would recommend to our listeners about where? What would you suggest for deconstruction, and with the idea that this will also assist in moving into reconstruction. So where Everett did, would you begin? Where did you begin or where would you suggest going? Because like, for example, and I'm going to, if I went to someone and I suggested, Hey, go read, um, 
uh, uh, gosh dang it, I'm not coming up with things. What's N.T. Wright's book about the cross, about the crucifixion? Um, the Day the, the Revolution Re Began. Yeah. In my, if someone would have told me to read that ten years ago, <laughs> it would nothing would have happened. That's <laughs> okay. I'm still struggling through that book six months later. So, for me, I had to start out somewhere else. So, Everett, for you, where would you recommend someone beginning and never? You don't know where they're at. Maybe they pick that book up and they roll right through it. I would not have. So, um, where would you recommend? So the the top thing I would say is is that I think that you need to have a strong um, that 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 the prayer tradition of the church is a wonderful bedrock because the words are there for you to say, mm -hmm. and so I would encourage people who are you know like I really want to get into the deconstruction of things that they have a bedrock um, of the prayer tradition of the church. Um, as a starting point, because that will help sustain them. Um, I I would start with I would start with N.T. Wright, um, simply Christian: Why Christianity Makes Sense. Um, and I would also say that Rowan Williams has a series of sort of intro level um, books: uh, Tokens of Trust, um, Being Christian, Being Disciples, Being Human, um, that are that are just fantastic introductions to um, belief, scripture, liturgy, those kinds of things. Okay. When you said the prayer, I'm going to mess this up, the prayer of the church, um, what did you say? What's that phrase you used? The prayer the tradition of the, the prayer tradition prayer. of the church. Okay. Are you saying morning, noon, evening, Compline prayer? Is that what you're referring to here? Yeah, I would, I would pick one of those. Okay. All right. Um, Okay. All right. Tom? Well, I agree 100% with Everett, and that's what I was going to Thank say, you, too. Tom. You have to have a tradition to ground you or a practice to ground you. The problem is, if you're coming from a certain tradition, um, you've never had a practice, and you're questioning, if you're questioning the basic tenets of all of this, it would be hard for you to wrap your mind around taking on some kind of practice that's associated with what you're questioning. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yep. So, and that's because if you're, most Americans are coming at faith from the perspective of the individual. This is all about what I think in my head. Right. And that's the first place I would start. Ask the question, um, did the ancients look at this the same way? Did they think like a modern um, American? Did they were they radical individuals? Mm. Did they think the Bible was one book that came down out of heaven just for them? You know, like the Book of Mormon, they found it in the hillside. You know, this is just for you. You know, and uh, think about hearing. To me, that's the place to start is trying to take yourself out of your own perspective mm. and trying to see this through the lens of the ancients, because that's the place we have to start, in my mind, um, because this is not this was not written to us. We've inherited it. But the Bible is not magic. I mean, it's not. I used to hear that verse growing up. 
the scriptures are living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And the way that was from Hebrews, the way that the way that was interpreted to me was that that means the meaning is can change and just to fit any situation. What? I mean, <laughs> no, that is not the starting place uh, because that starts from a place of selfishness, self-centeredness. Um, so maybe that's a good place to start, and that's why you could take on the practice of these prayer traditions, as Everett said, because you're praying through Scripture instead of reading it to win arguments. Hmm. You're using these Scriptures, trying to hear it through the lens of community, not just the individual. So that's, that, that is where I would start. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, man. Um, that's a that's a great point. Um, that that when when you figure out that Jesus wasn't some white guy, <laughs> that's a good right. place to start. <laughs> we were watching um, Black Klansman uh, the other night. If you haven't seen, which that is one. a fantastic movie. Uh, yes, it's one of uh, Spike Lee's. I, I've loved it. It's awesome. Um, but I, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking. Do they not know that Jesus was a Jew? I mean, the Klansman, I, it just I, it just blows my mind. I'm just like, has no one ever sat down and given that any thought whatsoever? So anyway, um, not to get away too far from this. Um, so I was trying to think back to where I would consider um, when outside, because leaving faith completely, um, you know, I did for whatever, eight years, I don't know. Um, it, it, I came back and I, I didn't grow. That's something that Tom spoke about in our first, very first episode of why. Um, so there are for me practices, yes, as well as books and so on. Um, and, uh, podcasts, you know, uh, like this one that can be a great catalyst. Uh, some of the early on books that I read was, uh, leaving church by Barbara Brown Taylor. Um, Jesus Wants to Save Christians by Rob Bell. Um, the Rob Bell Numa N-O-O-M-A, uh, video series. And then um, another one that I would recommend, too, is Irresist Irresistible Revolution by Shane Claiborne. And some of those um, books just really made, you know, um, for me... It, they just started the process of questioning. In, in uh, Love Wins, uh, <laughs> something I've always believed and was always told was that at the point that the gospel is heard by every human on earth, Jesus will return and everyone will be judged or you know, go to heaven and hell. And uh, Bale asked the question, what if the missionary gets a flat tire? <laughs> That's just, and that in itself, that simple little question just blew me out of the water um, from where I came from. And so things like that really are great catalyst. But then what I recommend doing with that is taking it to the community in conversation. Go out and don't reconstruct, deconstruct on your own. Be in community because, man, that's where you can bounce things off of and even, you know, further catapult um, your, I don't know, faith, growth, journey, formation, whatever it is. Uh, by just bringing things to community and listening and hearing God uh, and Jesus be amongst you as you talk. So 
That's my thoughts on that. <laughs> All right. That wraps up deconstruction. Everett, anything else you wanted to share? No. Tom? No, sir. Thank you for listening. There's lots of information online about this um, that you can go out and look up. There's great podcasts out there uh, that you could really just go probably look at like podcasts to our own, maybe The Deconstructionist, look at like podcasts for theirs, and find many podcasts. Get in where you fit in and find one you like. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.